Hey, everyone. Hey, everyone. Welcome to Legit to QT, where you can get it done with Tish. Why well, you got a point, though? What's wrong? You know, I, I just feel like you like to pick Fabrizio. This is what I'm talking about. She likes to pick. Oh, wait, Fabrizio said he's saying did you? Anyway, let me finish our intro. See, you know what? We're trying to be professional. It's a professional podcast, Bestie, okay? Where you can do it again, Bestie. Get it done with Tish. And yes. become the best version of yourself with me, Quinn. Today we are so excited because we are here with our friend Fabrizio Guido, who is an actor, writer, producer, director, comedian. comedian. Yes, comedian. Yep. Welcome to the show, Fabrizio. <laughs> no, I'm so excited to be here. I'm um thankful to be here. The vibes are right. I'm ready. Yes. Yeah. Well, let's talk about the aesthetics in your background because it's definitely giving me like um uh like the breakfast club vibes, like pretty and pink, you know, like it, I, I like your setup there. It's super my little cool. corner. Yeah, this is yeah. probably like one of the most valuable corners in my house because this is where I keep my books and I love to read. So yeah, this is my little spot. I've been probably through like a good 80% of these books. And then I got my TV, which works, but it only has one channel. It's a black and white TV. And it's uh, it's like Guadalupe Radio. It's like some religious channel. That's the only thing that like, the only people that still are running a channel on uh, black and white TV is, is uh, this radio station. I'm done, but it works. It's like giving me like vintage, film tv that's why i said like i i thought it was purposeful that setup for like interviews yeah i love it and it, it's funny that it's funny that you like it because people feel very different about it like the, i either oh. they people are like are like really interested in it or people are scared of it like people are like yo that tv is really weird like i think it's about to turn on and it is sort of strange because these old tvs they like hold light so if you have the lights on all day, by the time you go to bed, this thing glows. Like the screen will glow for like a good minute um, as it's off. Like I, I don't, I don't even have it plugged in right now. And if I just turn off the lights, it'll like hold the light and it'll just glow for a little bit. Oh wow, that's kind of yeah. cool. I kind of feel like it's its own person. Yeah, that's you know, cool. Why is that cool? This is this is what I'm saying. It, it, no, it's but like, because it could be symbolic. No, a, a TV with its own personality means possessed. That's what that means. No, I see. I don't see that. Mm -mm. I think it's like his companion, you know, glowing over his career. Like I see that. Until you put it in your room, then you'd be like, "Bestie, uh -uh. <laughs> <laughs> uh -uh, I'm not gonna stay in this room with the TV." I know. I know. Like, it's like I don't know. In my way, like I like having it. I like the aesthetic of it. I like the look, but also it's kind of like. You know, it's what I do. TV is what I do. So it's also like this TV was what was before me. It's so symbolic. it's kind of like, I don't know, TV such yeah. a symbolically, it's such a huge part of my life now um, mm -hmm. that I just like mm -hmm. to like have it, that it respect. Support. Yeah. Right, that's how I these, see it. These old things being tossed away or anything. It's just like, no, I still got love for, for what was, you know? Yes. Well, I see you have Shakespeare there. And I know that when we met you and your mom, she told me that she was a theater. She is and started out doing theater. Um, what inspired you to get into acting? Because you've been acting since you've been three years old, right? 
something like that. I mean, I got into acting at a very young age. It wasn't until I was, well, well, I was always hanging around the theater because of my mom, obviously, you know, we, we talked about her being a theater actress. So as you know, as I was hanging around the theater, friends of hers, you know, this is LA. I was born and raised in LA. Uh, they'd be like, hey, Jackie, we're doing a short film. Can we borrow your son? Or we're doing some sort of project. Can we borrow your son to act? And then she asked me like, do you do it? I was like, yeah, I want to do it. I ended up going to set acting. I took a liking to it. And I told my mom, like, I want to pursue it. I want to I want to do that. And I think I got a commercial agent when I was like six or seven. Uh, I started doing commercials. Then when I was about 11, my agent was like, you know what? I'm going to take you on theatrically for film and TV. I'm going to start to send you out on auditions for film and TV because you've been doing so good uh, in the commercial world. So then I did that, started booking, and the rest is just kind of history. I love that. I love that. That's so cool. And so, um, who are some of your greatest like acting influences? Like, what actors do you look Ooh. up to? I like. I've always been a fan of Brando, Marlon Brando, because he's just mm -hmm. like. A, I, I know Marlon Brando is such a trailblazer. Um, I'm a huge fan of America Ferrera. I think she is just oh, one of like the funniest. Yeah people in the world to me um no there's so there's so many actors i feel like nowadays i'm i'm much more i'm much i gravitate much more to like directors and and mm -hmm. how actors work with certain directors right so mm -hmm. it's i don't know it's so hard for me to choose because everyone does something so differently like i have my people that i love in comedy and then I have my people that I love in drama or some people do it both. Like, mm. I know some people are just so skilled. Like Jamie Foxx is someone who I admire so much because he's just like this multifaceted, just does everything and does yes. it so well. Yes, So yes. well. So I got a lot of love for, for so many artists. I, I can't even pick a favorite. Everyone's so unique. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Do you sing? No, no, oh, okay. I don't sing. <laughs> I don't sing. That's all right. That's all right. That's all right. So um, you booked a series regular role on Mr. Inglacius. Can uh, you tell us about your experience? I mean, you were like acting alongside Gabriel Inglacius and Sherry Shepard. Like, what was that experience like for you? We want to hear all about that it. That was one of the most memorable moments of my life. I mean, from the start, from getting the audition, and just getting a call back, <clears throat> I remember the whole, how the whole thing played out. It was like, I, I was doing this audition. I was so ready to go and do it. I was nervous. I'm just going to fast forward to the chemistry read because you have the audition and then you have a call back with, with like a producer or, you know, casting. But then they were called me and they were like, hey, they really like you. They want to bring you in and read opposite Gabe. Just some context. Gabe Fluffy is a hero of mine, has been since I was seven years old. Like I was in a hotel room in San Diego when I was a kid and I was looking for cartoons. I had landed on Comedy Central and I never stopped watching Gabe. Mm. So I could I could recite his whole stand-up. I'm a huge fan. I'm not just saying that because I worked with him, like he knows this. It is real. I've always been a big Gabe fan. Mm. So I'm having to read opposite him. I'm revving up to go to this audition. I'm nervous. Then it just, you know, it's just a matter of pulling myself to the side and telling myself the right things. That's what you have to do sometimes before you go into these things. And I was like, look, you're the actor. You have nothing to be nervous about. He's a comedian. Just roll up in there and support him and what he needs. And that's what I did. I had much more confidence when I did it. I left the room and I said, you did terrible. Dog, you did terrible. What did you do? You got so far and you did terrible. I'm on my way off the lot. Uh, and actually before I left the room, uh, they asked, is that all? Do you want to do something else? And I said, no, nah, I'm good. 
And Gabe said, wow, you're a confident one. And I said, yeah. And then I walked out the room and I said, what did he mean by that? Oh my, what did he mean by that? What am I supposed to do? I'm walking off the lot and I'm thinking, I'm going to go back in there and I'm going to ask him to improv. I'm going to walk back into that room and I'm going to ask him to improv. By that, by this time, I had already walked off the lot. So they weren't going to let me, security wasn't going to let me in. I said, I'm going to have to sit to the side because I was so bummed thinking I did such a bad job. I just sat to the side and I was like, okay, instead of like coming for yourself for doing a bad job, which I thought like, just appreciate that you got a chance to like act opposite Gabe. Like mm -hmm. you bagging on yourself for not doing a good job is like shadowing the fact that you just had this beautiful opportunity to cross someone from mm -hmm. that you just admire so much, right? And like two days later, well, that shifted my day. It became like, oh, you did a terrible job to, wow, I can say that I met Gabe. I had a great time, that was cool. Two days later, I got the call and it was I was like in my kitchen and they were like, yo, they're not even gonna bring you in for, for network or anything, it's yours, they love you, you did a great job. And I was so excited to be a part of this show, I was so ready and it's been the time of my life. You know, I, 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 go gonna, ahead, say, I was gonna say something, um, as someone who's like been over in, over a thousand auditions, like it's, it's always interesting when I hear like people say like, oh, like, you know, like they do a bad job or something. And I, I really feel like, like auditions in itself, like when you get in the room, like to get to a point where you get in a room with an audition, understand that the process before you get there is so long. Mm -hmm. Like they, we, like the amount of people that we go through just to get to you is long. So when, when you get in there, you know, they want you to win. You know, so the fact that I like when I see people in auditions now, I'm like, it's such a blessing because you have no idea the thousands of people, the yeah. hundreds of people that we have to go through just to get to you and just to say, you want to know what? I saw they're real. I think there's a spark. I think there's potential in this person. So when you get an audition, just know that someone in that room said you have the potential to be the role. And even like with it, me also coming from an acting background, I just used to remember being like, oh, I got these auditions. They didn't choose me. Like having all this negative self-talk, right? Because that's what mm -hmm. we do sometimes as mm -hmm. actors. But being on the other side of the table, I realized what a blessing it is to truly be able just to be in a room with people who just already saw a spark of potential in you. And if you get those opportunities all the time, then you know that multiple people see a spark, spark of potential. And that's encouraging in itself. So I just want to put yeah. it out there to my actors out there. If you in the room, you just literally made like the 10% of mm -hmm. the thousands of people who are out there that could mm -hmm. be on mm -hmm. yeah. What I like about what you said, Fabrizio, is like you had so you kind of went on this journey like emotionally during your audition process, which I really appreciate being an actress as well, because we do have that negative self-critic inside. And like you were emotionally intelligent enough, even though you were nervous to still go in and do your best. And then even after you went in and you felt like you didn't do your best, you were able to have a mental reframe to take your negative thoughts and turn them into positive thoughts and appreciate the situation because this industry is a marathon, not a sprint. And this, your story just goes, just goes to show people that like we cannot see ourselves. 
we do not know what we look like. Yes, you can self-tape and yes, you can practice in the mirror and do all of that. But yeah. you thought you did a horrible job and you got cast, you booked it. And that just lets us know as actors that you don't, you, you can't see yourself. All you can do is, I think Garrett was saying that the other night, you can only, what you have control over is just what you have control over and the rest, you just have to leave it alone. So I just, I appreciate the emotional intelligence along your journey. And I think that that is so important for actors and just artists in general to have, so. Yeah, you ne you never know and, and you're right. And, and one shouldn't be in their head. It should be about enjoying the journey at all times. Cause if not, you're being robbed of, of some really good stuff. And like now, you know, it's like three seasons after I've talked to people on Gabe's team and they were like, man, we knew it was you from the first audition. Like before Gabe even read it with you, we, we all knew it was you. You were like, everyone knew it was you. And I was like, wow. Oh, I love that. Yeah. So That's amazing. But you told us you told us a story about um, about how you got into stand up comedy. <laughs> I think this emotional intelligence thing, and courage and bravery has a theme. Can you tell our audience and us a little bit about uh, yeah. like, your first stand up comedy show? Yeah. So okay, so I was you know I had I had gone to a party at at Gabe's compound, and you know this is this is not too long ago. This is this year. Um, I was there, I, I, I had gotten an email before that, that Gabe was going to perform at the Brea Improv. So I went up to Gabe and I was like, Hey, I heard you're doing the improv. Like, that's so dope. Uh, he's like, yeah, I want you to be there. I'll get you tickets. You and your parents can come over and, and we'll have a good time. I said, yes, I'm there, man. Like I'm there. He goes, actually, no, I want you to perform. I go, Gabe, I'm not, I don't do stand up. And he goes, just go up there, do five minutes, just talk about anything you want, just go do it. I said, I don't think you heard me. Like that's easy for you to say. You're like one of the biggest comedians in the world. I don't do stand up. I'm an actor. I've never tried to put together an act. He goes, no, you're gonna do it. I want you to do it. It's easy. Just do anything. The worst thing that can happen is that they laugh at you, I go, or that they don't laugh at you. Actually, they don't laugh at you. That's the worst thing that can happen. You know? I said, no, Gabe. He called people over a bunch of other stand-up comedians and they were like no fab you have to do it you have to do it my mom was somewhere in the party she came over and she's like gabe he's doing it and i was like <laughs> all right you know what gabe I'm gonna, he said no you can do two minutes you can do two or three minutes i go no if i'm gonna do it i'm gonna go for five let's do it like i want to give it a shot I, I, this scares me so i'm gonna go ahead and do it and see see what comes about he gave me like two weeks to do my you know to come up with my set Coming up with the set was, I think, the easier part. Obviously, the harder part was getting over like the internal emotional hurdles of having the confidence and being, you know, prepping myself to be in front of this huge crowd and and it just all that. That was the hard part. Finally, I was able to do it. Didn't eat that day. Did the show. Did the five minutes. It went amazing. I mean, I I probably had one of the best first like intro to comedy ever. Like best first shows ever. Like doing the Brea Improv. You know just on gate on a roster with Gabe. Like, I don't think anyone's ever, ever had that. Mm -hmm. And it was incredible. I was hooked. You know, I was like two jokes in and then I felt my feet just touch the stage. I was present. I said, oh, just wait what I have in store for you. And I had an amazing time with the energy that is the crowd. It just turns into one. I got off stage. I was so happy. I had Gabe waiting for me backstage and I was like, wow, 
this is this is so cool. I was so thankful for the opportunity. It was one of the most memorable nights of my life. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Do you have you ever done like um, theater? I did theater when I was younger. I did theater as a kid. Um, <clears throat> I haven't really done any theater much theater since. Uh, Mr. Iglesias was filmed in front of a live studio audience, which isn't theater, but yeah. you know you have the sense of a, of a crowd being present with you. Mm. Yeah, because you have like you know, like when you meet you, you have a very like stage like you know presence. So mm -hmm. you know, it's almost like you, you know, you were kind of born for the stage. I mean, I hate to say that cliche, yeah, but yeah. You definitely have like a stage like mm -hmm. presence, mm -hmm. you know. Yeah, I, I did find something very comforting uh, being up on stage and I really I really did enjoy it and I felt at home and it felt like there was something like, it just felt like something I should have been doing a long time ago. Something just felt so right when I was up there and uh, I just felt really comfortable with the crowd and being able to have that charisma and being able to communicate with this, it's just one energy that the crowd turns into. Um, I, I, it just felt so natural for me. Mm. Oh, I love wow. that. I love that. I love that. So Fab, you directed and wrote and performed in your own short called Dog Days. Um, mm -hmm. I saw that your your father was he the was he the direct or he was yeah. the director. He was a DP. He was like a DP. DP. He was a DP. Yeah. Yes, I got DP. my dad to do DP for me. Yeah, because. Amazing. Once again, there's this theme um, of fearlessness, but I also see like that you're not afraid to try something new. Like you, you seem to just be very open-minded. Can you tell us about like that that short and like how you came up with the concept and idea and how you were able to like assemble your team and how your family supported you? Yeah. So uh, I knew that that you know, doing a film directing was in, was something that was going to be in my future. Mm -hmm. um, I was, you know, I was with a friend of mine and we shared this similar pass passion of wanting to, wanting to make a film, especially that year that that become a goal for us of trying to do a short. Mm -hmm. And I said, I took it upon myself to write it and I was going to direct it. And, you know, we we're going to learn to assemble this. We're both, we're both, actors and we've both been in the industry for a while so we were wanted to see how we could do this we wanted to get the experience and this this was going to be our school neither one of us had gone to film school uh we, we must have been like 17 or 18 at the time oh. and uh said all right we're going to do this i think one thanksgiving is when like i really was able to finish it i think i'd been writing it for a while or beating it out on the page just making my, my beats for what i wanted out of this film and then i was able to package it up, send it his way, got some rewrites done after, you know, notes or thoughts or anything. And we were like, okay, we're going to do this. I said, I'm going to, you know, I just, I want you to help me assemble this. And I'm, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to fund it and put it together with, with whatever I can do. Um, I, I didn't even consider any risk. I didn't think of anything. It's just something I knew I wanted to do and I could at the time. So I was going to go for it. And um, I didn't, I wanted to keep it very much in-house because I knew it was my first thing and I needed that I just I needed that safety net of being able to make my own mistakes with this thing because it was the first thing I was ever going to do I didn't want to get anyone else involved because I didn't want to be like no I can't have you send it out or I can't have you do this because I'm not happy with it it was just it was it was an experiment 
and uh, in, in trying to get this short done and also making this short. Um, <clears throat> I got the support of so many friends of mine. I mean, so many friends got to act on this project and I'm so proud of like the people that were, that came along this project because a lot of these people have beautiful careers right now and they're all thriving and my friends are thriving and I'm so happy I was able to, you know, like I was just talking to a few friends of mine uh, probably like two or three nights ago at a, at a gathering and I was like, yo, I think one day we're gonna look back at Dog Days or, or our other film, My Sister's First, which is a similar cast and we're gonna be like, wow, like can't believe all these guys started here. Like I can't <laughs> believe we all we all started here because a lot of them have their own shows now or they're about to do some movies. So it's, it's really cool. Um, I got really fortunate to have incredible talent. I, I lucked out, um, you know, with these guys and, and it was, it was great. Like I said, again, I got very, very, very fortunate that they would they would help me out because now they I, you know, who knows if they'll answer my call. <laughs> they will. Yeah. They will. <laughs> yeah. And also, I, I also think um, it's something beautiful to have. Like, I, and I think this season we really want to talk about community. I know we've had like themes for our other seasons, like getting it done and like all of these other things, but community is something that I find it makes a big difference. And I think we talked a little bit on our last um, podcast um, about like, everybody thinks this is a soul, like a, 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 like a, you know, a soul individual endeavor when really it's a collaboration. You know, arts are the, it's yeah. a collaboration and how we, this form of art is a collaboration. Um, and it really takes a lot of people and it really takes a community of people so that we can get it done. So it's like, you know, for our, for our, our listeners out there, how did you find your, and how did you find your community and how do you know that they were right for you? Mm -hmm. <clears throat> wow, I, I'm not, I think, you know, I, I don't think I was purposely, I think some people will purposely look for a community that shares the same passion. I think, I knew I shared the same passion, but it was much more, um, these were friends of mine, right? These were already people that were friends of mine. And then it just so happened that they became people that also wanted the same things that I wanted. So it made it easier. Um, I don't know. I've known these are people that I've known and grown up with in the business uh, since I was a kid. So that that's kind of how I gravitated and made my community. And we had this shared passion of of making this film. Um, people that were were added on to the film later on, like our DP. Uh, I met through uh, other community based like organizations that that. Uh, want to do film here in the city or other people that have similar interests and, and actually some stuff i just put on instagram like i just put on my story like hey is anyone willing to help me out here does anyone know someone that could do lights or anyone have a location here 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 and uh people were really you know they, they took well to and they responded and um a lot i got background actors off of that and that's how people started coming in and and um we just started to learn how we worked and then we you know after doing that we did another one and and yeah, I mean, I wish I, I wish I could say like I, I found my community, I like handpicked, but no, it was just it just all was very easy because I already knew these people and we shared the same passion. Mm -hmm. How was it working with yeah. your dad? Yeah, working with my dad. Um, <clears throat> good. I always think it's good. I don't know what he thinks. <laughs> I don't know what he thinks about it. I think I'm very 
I'm very demanding uh, when it when it comes because it's like when you when we work together, it's it's obviously there's always the respect and I always have the appreciation for him to help me, right? Um, but then you know it's like there's moments where it's like he stops being my dad and we really just got to talk, uh, you know, about about this project, the collaborative. Uh, process is, is a little different. So, you know, I'm not going to hug him while he's trying to get a, a medium close-up or anything. Um, I, I love working with my dad. He's He's been great. And, you know, I've I've learned a lot from him. I, I think, you know, having him around, he, he's helped guide me in, and, um, and, you know, in many, many ways, obviously, but I'm, I'm talking about specifically more when it comes to gear or camera or choosing a shot or setting up or lighting. He's been a, a big, a big help for me. Um, and my mom, she's always, always present and a huge support system. My parents have always been a huge support system. They've been able to help me. And, you know, they, I love that they let me do what I need to do on my own. Uh, and I come for them when I need, when I need something like hands-on and they're, they're the people I can trust and have, have around, uh, you know, I love that they're available in that way. Mm, that's amazing that's amazing and one thing that i want to say about having like you it's beautiful when you have parents who really do see like the potential and who you can be and because mm -hmm. a lot of artists it's really really hard it's really really hard for parents to really see that being an artist and committing to it is like a job right. and i think that people when they mm -hmm. think about artistry or being an artist they think that it's not a paying thing, but artists are working class. I consider myself a working class person. Like I work mm -hmm. and I am, mm -hmm. I work just like everybody else. Mm -hmm. And I show up on time and I do a job that I just so happen to love and then I come home. So I just, mm -hmm. I think a lot of parents don't really see the value in being an artist because of maybe some past perception of what an artist really is, but it's really beautiful when you have parents who are willing to commit 100% to you being your best self. And that's in any industry. Can we just say, if you were gonna be a gymnast or if you were gonna be an athlete or whatever, it would take an amount of commitment from both, you know, the family that's around you, the people around you and yourself. And most athletes, it's so much easier when they see talent in their kid for them to be like, oh, he's going to be a football player, then for them to be like, oh, he's going to be an actor. You mm -hmm. know? But I think it's because there's systems for that, right? Like I think yeah. parents freak out because in this industry, there are, everybody has a different way that they achieve success in this industry. Whereas if you're a gymnast, I mean, you know, even Elena, our friend Elena, her daughter's a gymnast. She's a friend to the show. She's like, okay, she trains here. And then she's going to go in this competition. And then this competition is going to take her here. And then, you know, then she's going to do the Olympics trial. There's a system for that. There's not a system to really make it in the wow. industry. Yeah, there really you're right. There really is no no guide. Um, I think what's what's important is to have a support system and and you know, even in some ways, like if you're not fortunate to have that support system, you just you have to be a big support system for yourself. Um, and mm -hmm. you know, I think what everyone shares in common is just believing in themselves and being persistent and doing the work and mm -hmm. and you know, just not letting off because there's, there's just uh, one thing's for certain. You won't, you won't get anywhere if you're not putting in the work. And, and if you quit, if you quit, you'll never get anywhere. You just, you mm -hmm. have to, you have to keep at it. 
Yeah. 100%. Have you guys ever heard that um, story about like 10 feet from gold? It's like, or five, it's like three feet from gold. It's either three feet from gold or 10 feet from gold. Have you guys heard that story? No, but which one? Is it 10 or three? I'm I don't know, but that's not the point. <laughs> three. You know, you see Fabrizio, you see what I'm dealing with here? <laughs> let's just say three feet from gold. Let's just say three feet from gold. Let's say three, because 10 is a lot. So let's just say three, because that's shorter. So there's a ten, story called- 10 or three, I don't know. That's a lot. Okay, I'm gonna say three. It's we'll three. Keep it's, it, we'll, okay. We'll keep it at four. We'll keep it at four feet, five feet. <laughs> okay. Four. I think it's three though, you guys, because it's in Think and Grow Rich. I'm really I'm thinking about it now. I, I think it's three. Okay, let's just say three feet from gold. And so the story is is that there was like this miner in the gold rush, and he was like mining for gold, and he like gave up everything That's to great. go mine for, for this gold. I think it happened during the California gold rush and he was digging and digging and digging him and his family for years and he stops and then somebody else comes in and they dig for like 2.5 seconds. I'm like paraphrasing and they hit the gold. And if that miner, that miner had put in all that work, his family sacrificed everything to get that gold yeah. and he quit. And if he had a just dug three yeah. more feet, he would have hit gold. And I think that I like always remember that story whenever I want to quit because you don't know how mm -hmm. all, all of the seeds that you're planting, how you're going to capitalize off of that one day, off of your investment. And so like you said, Fabrizio, you can't quit, especially when you've invested so much time and energy. And then also when other people have invested into your dream, whether it's your family, friends, spouse, anybody so that's so what i'll let you know yeah. i just did a google search it is three three feet from gold let's make sure we do not like give people false references so it is three feet three feet thinking three rich. feet you know what yeah. three feet from gold okay yes. three feet you know i'm not mm -hmm. going to right oh okay all right we're a little saucy a little spicy tonight fabrizio but that's okay yeah. spicy meaning on her end not mine mine just yeah. is sweet that's yeah. so gullible fabrizio i just have to take it i have to take advantage of this time that we have on the podcast <laughs> I don't get to do this all the it's time. good. It's good. No, I, I I really like that. Uh, I really like that three feet from gold story. And I think what's also important is 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 and again enjoying the journey. Like you know whatever it is that you're doing is being able to enjoy it because you know I think the the final product or getting to the gold is cool. But you know once you get the gold, I think the real gold is you appreciate your work ethic and and the journey that that is that got you there. I think that's a huge part of what makes the gold so important. I like what you were saying, Fabrizio, about not giving up because I think that it's so essential and you never know when all of the seeds that you've planted when you're going to reap a harvest and all of the people that have invested in you and your journey, like we owe it to them to continue to persevere. Like, I think that goes back to what you were saying, Tish, about this is a collaborative effort. It is, if you are like, unless you've been in the industry for like a year, I almost, I'm almost for certain that there were multiple people that have assisted you on your journey. Right, right, right Fab? Yeah, no, it has. Yeah, of course. I think 
I think that along the way, you find a lot of people that, that it's like become your support system. And, and mm -hmm. I mean, sometimes it's discouraging when things don't go your way, but like, don't change what, where it is you're headed, just change how you're headed there, you know, and, and people mm -hmm. are always going to come along the way to like help steer you. But what's really important, it's, it's also like I was saying, it was, it's, the gold is important, but if you're not enjoying the journey, like j just try to enjoy the journey because you're gonna appreciate the journey when you make it to the gold more than anything. Like that's that's yeah. gonna that's gonna be what you value, uh, at least at least in my case, I really do. I mean, I, I love getting to celebrate, but the reason it tastes so good is because you know you you know you put in the work. Mm. So, so fab, so fab. If you had like if this was your Oscar moment, right? And you're like, this is my community, this is my people. And I say, one, two, three, go. Give them your thanks. One, two, three, go. Wait, can I, wait, can I, can I, can I introduce him? Yeah, go ahead, introduce okay. him. Like my thanks, giving my thanks? Yeah, yes. so we're gonna, yeah. So we're gonna introduce you for, for your like Oscar award-winning film as best uh best supporting at best best lead actor what are we gonna do yeah best lead actor there okay. we go so the oscar goes to fabrizio guido in best leading man and 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 you know um i don't know the people oh uh, okay yeah. I, I, yes thank you well i totally didn't see this coming um i, I had no idea that this would go this my way uh, I want to thank everybody that's nominated in this category. I want to thank my mom, my dad, God, just everyone that supported me along the way. And whatever film I'm a part of that, that I won, I want to thank the cast and crew and everyone a part of this. Uh, yeah, but more than anything, my mom and dad, who have always been a huge support system, my manager, Carl, my agents, my team, who have stuck by me and, and uh, have understood all my ups and downs and when I need a break and when I'm back on on the grind. So I appreciate y'all being patient with me. Uh, and yeah, thank you. Yay! And that music, that music. We got it first. We got it first. We got it first. That's right. And Carl, you see how we gave you your flowers. Yeah. <laughs> I know. We got it first. We I know. Academy, we got it first. Okay. I love it. I love it. I love it. So Fabrizio, what would you say if you could like actually put language to what your superpower is as an actor, what would it be? Or just creative in general? Mm, I think these, I think these days I'm finding myself in a very like versatile space. Like mm. I'm discovering that I can do a lot more than I thought I could do or, or just, I'm, I'm just grown. Like I think, I think for the past two years, it was a lot of growth in the world of comedy for me as far as like comedic acting. And then, you know, with this, with the new film with Black as Night, I got to discover just a lot of character mm -hmm. acting, really sinking my teeth into that and the responsibility of being, you know, number two on the call sheet and, and mm -hmm. you know, having to hold down as the main kind of support system for our lead. Um, I think, yeah, my versatility has been, been a big part of my superpower right mm -hmm. now. It's a versatile, I like versatility. that. Versatility. Like, like, we gonna get him like, like a versatile, v. like with a big V. Yeah, V on his there. And then when he wins his Oscar, we could just give him the cape that says the V. cape, yeah. <laughs> yeah. With his suit. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, I, I like it. that. You know what? You should have subliminal a subliminal B when you do your Oscar speech. You know, we would know what it means. A pin, a just pin, a little pin on the lapel. Yeah. yeah, we would know what it or means. Or on his cufflinks. And just mm -hmm. and if you and then and during the Oscar speech, if you could just put up the cufflink and just tap yeah. so we know it'll be like our signal. Yeah. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I love that. Yes. Yeah. Go ahead, Bessie. Oh, okay. Um, so I also saw that you were in a film acting in World War Z with Brad Pitt. Tell us about your experience yeah. on that film. That was that was my first big uh that was like my first big booking. That was my first big feature that I did. It was that that I think changed a lot in my perspective about life and everything because I I never left the country like I never gotten anywhere this shot in the UK so I had to go and film in the UK and I remember being on set and just being so used to independent film and I mm. love independent film I love you know the the creative process and the freedom that, that they get but up until then I like I'd never seen my film in the theater I'd never seen my face in the theater so I remember being on set of this green screen stadium with helicopters on cranes <laughs> thousands of people dressed in zombie uh like zombie attire and makeup and just asking like hey is this movie gonna be in the theaters and they were like yo i got two words for you brad pitt and i was like okay is it gonna be in the theater <laughs> like, do you not realize the magnitude of what you're a part of and going to the premiere and like just everything that I was around during that film, I mean, it was, it was just the production of that was massive, massive. Mm -hmm. And the response to that was massive. And at the time everyone had seen it. And it was, it was just like, it was so special because it was, it was so much fun being on set, being on set. Mm -hmm. I had a blast and being, I was, you know, I was in the UK for four months and that just, it made me grow so much as I was a kid, but it made me grow so much as a person and just realizing like, whoa, there's a whole other world out there. Like, I think that's what started my passion of wanting to go out of my comfort zone and see things and seek, you know, I, I, it's, I don't know. I always feel like I exist in other places that I'm not aware of. It just, I just got to get there and just embody who that person is when I'm there. You know what I'm saying? So, so yeah. it's like that I started chasing, I started chasing that. That's, that was one of the moments that started it for me. Hmm, that's amazing. Oh, I, I, that's that's amazing. I exist in other places. Places, I know. Look, getting ready for the Oscars. Like, yep. just like <laughs> yeah. straight up, straight up. But also, but also, <laughs> I think it's something unique to say that, and I think it's something beautiful to say how you know that you exist in different spaces and to be so open to different things that you can do because. I always talk about being multifaceted and exploring different versions versions of yourself. And if anybody ever like reads history or you read like figures in the history, you will see that they maybe they may have been like really famous for one thing, but they were pianists. <laughs> they yeah. were like artists. Mm -hmm. They were like all they were so talented in all these areas that they explored in themselves, but there was just one area where they just excelled in. Right, mm -hmm. but it didn't like minimize the other areas that they were really, really good in. And mm -hmm. I think it's an important thing for artists to know that you're an artist because you're well-rounded, because you have mm -hmm. the ability to do all these things, not just, you know, just be an athlete or 
just to be an actor, but you also have the ability to do things outside of the realms of 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 you just doing those things. So mm -hmm. I just, I mean, yeah. you know, I'm all for it, Parizio. I'm all for it as a multi-faceted human being. The yeah. term yeah. is, you know, multi-hyphenate. That's Mul what everybody multi-hyphenate. Multi but I would I also like to add to that. During the, before the industrial revolution, being a multifaceted person was essential for survival. That's like what people don't realize. Like you couldn't just do one thing in any industry. Like if you farmed, you didn't just farm this, you farmed multiple things. If you like even being a creative, if you played the piano and then you acted and then you sang, like all you of those- author. You were author, author. yes. Yeah. Um, and then even like within that, people wrote, um, like even Jane Austen, like you wrote poems, you wrote short stories, you wrote novels, like, because that was essential for survival. And I think during the industrial revolution, when like we started packaging things and then people started mm -hmm. employing, like entrepreneurship kind of went away. People just depended upon being like employed by individuals. We lost that, but I don't think that that is actually embedded in our like DNA. I don't think that that's really natural, which is why during the information age and now that people are kind of getting back in touch with being an entrepreneur and you have access to information, it's like it's naturally happening. People are like, well, why wouldn't I act, direct, edit, do all the things? Because it's not like outsourced to one particular person. So I'm just putting it out there that I think that that's the way that we were created. <laughs> I don't think it's like a new thing and we should embrace that. Not as if it's something foreign. That is who you, that's who we were made to be. So I'm just put out there. No, I love that. I, I agree. I think, I think, I don't think I've tried to like purposely be multi hyphenated. Like, I just think it just naturally happened. I think I'd be bored if, if I didn't, if I didn't do it. Like it yeah. just feels so natural. I just want something mm -hmm. new. I want to try, I want to try a little bit of everything. Same, same mm -hmm. with like, I want to travel everywhere. I just think the time is too precious to not just try different things, you know? Mm, mm. Yeah, While a confession. Um. <laughs> see, yeah. Hold on, hold on. Let me see. I got to do this. How do you do a confession? Okay, you got to do my child. How do you do it? I don't know. Okay, what is that? I don't know. Like that? Okay. Oh. Guys, it's not that deep. Let me offend. I'm just trying to figure out the right way that we can do this. <laughs> professional here. So, okay. I'm ready oh for my you gosh. You're putting too much on it. It's really not that deep. But when I saw that you were on We Bear Bears, um, one of the voices on We Bear Bears, I almost died because We Bear Bears goes so hard for me. Like I am a humongous <laughs> kid. And I was yeah. just like, wait, what? Like he played pizza rat on We Bear Bears? Like I yeah. love We Bear Bears. It's such a hot mess. Like I don't even know if it's like a, like a kid show per se. I mean, there's all these like amazing actors in there, even though it's animated. And I just love that you were in it. So I just put it out there. I think that like out of Mr. Iglesias, out of all the things, when I saw that you were on your IMDb, that you were in We Bear Bears. I was Pizza Rat. 
I'm excited. Did it? Yeah. Yeah. I'm just. Pizza, that's dope. That was that was a lot of fun. I mean, that was the first time I had ever done animation, and that was a goal of mine. Like, to, mm. I've always wanted because I love cartoons. I've always wanted to do animation. So when I got the chance to do We Bear Bears, I was really really excited. And you're right, they have phenomenal talent on We Bear Bears. Um, mm -hmm. I actually got the chance to work with Eric Edelstein or Edelstein. I'm not mm -hmm. sure. Sorry, Eric. Sorry, Eric. I got a chance to work with him prior to doing We Bear Bears. So, mm. so funny. Such a talented actor. Like, I, I, I love Eric. The sweet, one of the sweetest people you will ever meet. Mm. And, you know, getting to see him on We Bear Bears is just super tight. So, I, I, I love doing that. And I would do it again. No problem. I, I like the Cartoon Network building is so, so dope. <laughs> I love it. I love it. That's like a dream of mine, too. So, we're going to manifest me being on a show, but I want to be more like on Disney because I sing. So like Disney-ish, we're going to put okay. out there like one of the princesses yes. or something like Moana, you know, like I just, that's like my whole bag. That's yep. you know. <laughs> so her with, her op, with her opera singing. I'm not doing <laughs> No, we're not doing it. But episode. they do. They all have this like very classical like voice, and then and like I have a very like high soprano voice. Even the way that I speak is very like hot, like high pitch. So I feel like it would translate well into mm. that kind of Disney princess space. So I just but we wear bears is my jam. <laughs> yeah, well, I'm I'm rooting for you. I'm rooting for you. Thank you. Thank yeah. you so much. But I just I was so I was like if you could have seen my face and I was like. I was like, not, not all the other amazing things that you did, no, but the pizza rat and we bear bears. Pizza That's rat, what excites yeah. me. That just shows you what's going on here. <laughs> so, we, so guys, we are coming to the end of our podcast. And usually we have quite a one last question that Bestie asks, mm -hmm. you know, so that yes. we can we can we can let the people know. Yeah. Yes. So we're all about, as you can see, Fabrizio, motivation, inspiration, and encouragement. And we just want to ask you, what ignites your motivation and how do you stay consistent and persistent in following your dreams? Hmm. I think. I love the. Mm. I love whenever we ask that people are like. Mm. <laughs> mm. Um. Yeah. I just. I don't. I don't know if I know any other way to live. I think that. Mm. I think, like I've said before, I just think time is too precious here on this earth to just do something I'm not passionate about, especially because I have the opportunity to do so. I am young. I am. I don't have kids. I am single. I have like the flexibility to do so. So I try to soak that up as much as I can. Mm -hmm. um, that that I think motivates me. And and again, just enjoying my journey, like not not putting my happiness in the outcome not putting my happy, like not waiting for a reason to be happy, just trying to enjoy every every single day as best as I can. Yeah, I love that too, yeah. I mean, and I'm a keen believer in just taking it one day at a time, one step at a time, and just like allowing like the world to make room for you. Mm. So, yeah, I love but that. everyone, make sure you follow Fabrizio. I'm gonna spell it out for our spot. I'm, I'm gonna stop just talking about Spotify people, but they just tend to hold us down on this podcast and get us like sponsors and mess like that. So I'm gonna say, and but we love you all. We love you all. You know, you know, Apple, you know, Google, all of you guys, mm -hmm. but Spotify, we it's love. All love. You know, I'm gonna spell it for you. F A B R I Z I O G U I D O. 
damn, we're on record. That was like a wrap. We go on Instagram. Follow him. Follow him <laughs> on Instagram. Make sure you support. Watch his movies. Watch his series. Watch his animated series. Okay. Make sure you support the brother. Okay. Jess McKenna. I'm just so you know what? I'm gonna stop. <laughs> calling them out on the show. I'm done. I'm done. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to stop calling out our And Fabrizio, <laughs> we are so proud of you. Literally, you oh, are a man of young man of exemplary character. I have a little thank brother. You. He's eight years younger than me. And when I see young men like you who are just, you know, so intelligent, doing such great things in the world, it literally melts my heart because I'm like, wow, there are young men out there, Gen Z, who are doing it. And you guys are gonna change the world. So we're just incredibly proud of you. And we just want you to That's know. Love. That's love, that's love. Thank you all. Keep shining king, because you are a king, straight up. Thank you, thank you. Yeah. I, I appreciate the support. You have no idea. I appreciate the kind words. I really, I really do, I really do. Yeah, and stay on Fabrizio afterwards so we can speak to you for a second and chop it up. Yeah. And thank you, everybody. I'm going to do the outro this time. You can listen to us every Thursday at 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, 5 p.m. Pacific Standard Time, 6 p.m. 7 p.m. Central. Oh, 7 p.m. Central. 7 p.m. It was her this time. 7 p.m. Central Standard Time. I didn't forget, guys. It was, yeah, it was her this time. It wasn't All me. All right. We love you. We love you guys. We'll see you next Thursday. Bye.